0: Hey, everyone. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you before, uh, my name is Maddie, I get to be one of the, the pastors here at Epiphany Station, and we're about to jump into the second conversation from our teaching on rest. But before we do, there's something I want to let you know that's really big in the life of Epiphany, the big in the life of our church, is that we, we celebrate a lot of things, but we don't celebrate really anything as much as baptism. That is that moment in which someone decides to be baptized and fully surrendered as a follower of Jesus Christ. And last year we had the great privilege of honor of celebrating 50 people being baptized and making that decision here at Epiphany. And this year, it's exciting to see that there are already a few people who are ready to be baptized uh, here. And so next Sunday, I just want to let you know that we're going to be taking the time during our worship experiences to baptize people who are followers of Jesus Christ who haven't yet been. Now, if you uh, are a follower of Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized, or maybe you just want more information or you have no idea what I'm talking about, then we have these. These are kind of like information on what we believe baptism is, why we're excited to celebrate it with you. You. And there's a bit of information on the back of how you can get in touch with us if you want to do that. These are at the welcome station, so when you leave today, go ahead and grab one of those and you'll be able to see what it is that makes baptism so special in our relationship with God. Now, like I said, we are in conversation number two from our series on rest. This series is built for you because this series, in its intentionality of why we wanted to do it as a family and for you as an individual, is because we are tired. We're tired. And the majority of us are so tired that we can't even nod our heads in agreement that we're tired. I mean, single parents and parents of young kids, they're just here, comatose, zombie-like. Because we live lives expected of us that take more than we actually have. And because we are so tired, so busy, so pulled and so stressed, we need to learn why God speaks so emphatically, so directly about rest, about the need for it, the expectation for it, and why he goes to such great length in speaking about one specific type of rest all the way throughout his message to people. The core text for this teaching series is God explaining Sabbath rest and why he gives it to us. In Ezekiel 20 verse 12, God said, I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who had set them apart to be holy. Now, regardless of what you've heard about Sabbath, experienced about Sabbath, this is what Sabbath was, is, and always will be for. What it is, is a day every single week that God has instructed people, given people to take out of the normal. It is to step out of toil and strife. It is to get out of the grind. It is a sign from God that there is a special thing, a special relationship between us and Him. And last week we talked about how necessary it is for us to be reminded regularly who we are. So this, this Sabbath thing, this rest thing, is for those of us who feel like we live the majority of our lives at the end of our tether. We're tired, we're burned out, stressed out, and tapped out. We need rest. We need to know what it is, why it is, and how to do it. We need to understand Sabbath. Now, God, when he talks about Sabbath, or when Jesus talks about it too, they make it very clear that it is this gift. It is this thing offered because it is supposed to meet a very real need of God's people. It is supposed to meet a need of God's people. Now, if you've ever read anything Jesus has done and said, Sometimes Jesus comes across very much like he enjoys stepping up to the line of what is appropriate and expected and then taking one giant leap over it. Like Jesus is sometimes that four-year-old in your house that has been told no more cookies, but they just kind of eyeball you from across the kitchen, walk in, take a cookie and just keep on walking because they're going to do what they want. And Jesus, when he walked this earth, saw that so much was wrong. That he wasn't afraid to take people to task. And he was quite antagonistic in the way that he did it. There's a very famous interaction in which when it comes to rest and Sabbath, somebody confronted him and all of his followers and said, you're not doing Sabbath right. And in that moment, Jesus challenged him back. And Jesus actually taught him, everyone around him and us, the purpose and intention for why God gives us Sabbath. It's in Mark chapter 2. Jesus says the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people. People weren't made to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. It's so very easy for us to get stuff backwards and get stuff wrong. Like we can believe wholeheartedly in something and still be very wrong. Ask every single Vikings fan. They believe so wholeheartedly. What kind of name is 49ers? Stupid name. Anyway. We can believe things about Sabbath and rest that are just plain wrong. And Jesus seeks to fix that. Because it is wrong when anything that we do in relationship to God feels like this stale obligation and duty. Because when it is, it's usually something that we do out of an obligation that is not love. Everything about our relationship with God is supposed to be love. And so anything you've ever done for him, with him, or you feel like he's done that wasn't, isn't. Because when love is absent in our relationship from God, everything we do will take from us. In Jesus' day, Sabbath had become this sign of spiritual elitism. People could say, literally, look how great I am at doing nothing. Look how reverent I am. Look how pious I am. Look how much better than you I am. That's what it has become. Now, in our day, rest has become this thing we try and excuse. It's this thing we try and avoid. It's this thing that maybe at best that we call a necessary evil, like when I'm completely exhausted or I'm sick, then I'll rest. Or if we do rest, we then feel guilty about it. And all of a sudden, taking rest has become yet another burden that we have to try and get loopholed around. No matter if it's a sign of self-indulgent elitism or a sign that it is something that we just have to get done, both of those are wrong. I don't know if Jesus has ever spoken so plainly on a subject, but when he talked about Sabbath and what it is and what it wasn't, he said that Sabbath was not given as a requirement. Sabbath was not given to be a requirement in your life. You've got enough requirements in your life. People require of you. Marriage requires of you. Work requires, kids require, the government sure as heck requires. God does not require of you. God gives you. God offers you. God provides for you. And so rest was not given to be a requirement. Rest was given to bring us relief. It was given to bring us relief from the life that we lead when we're getting it wrong. Because too much of life we get backwards. Too much of it we get it wrong. And we think that all we're supposed to do is fulfill this list. This list of crippling, crushing duties to prove that we're good. To prove that we're worth it. To prove our love. God's plan for you was never that. God's plan for me was to show me how to live a life of freedom was how to live a life that was life-giving and life-bringing. He wants me to enjoy it. He wants me to enjoy Him. And so because that's what God wants, it's not surprising when His Son on earth sees a perversion of that. He sees heresy. He sees religiosity. And He literally grabs it, takes it out back, and gives it a verbal whooping. Like He makes sure people know how wrong this is, and He drags it out front and makes it apologize. So everyone can see, everyone who's been living oppressed by these man-made rules knows that it's wrong. And one of Jesus' greatest interaction with the people who were getting it wrong, we see in Matthew 25, he called all of the crowd and all the disciples together, and he said this to them. He says, look, the teachers of religious law, the Pharisees, they are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice. Practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Every time we hear about something being done wrong in the Bible, or somebody doing wrong, or a group of people doing wrong, like naughty Pharisees, no. The problem with this is we are a lot more like them than we know. And we often think, well, it's other people who put requirements. It's other people that put expectations on me. It's other people that crush me. The truth is that's not true. The majority of the time, we do it to ourselves. The majority of the time, we go about our lives, we go about loving God and loving people in a way that God never said to do. But it's the way we're comfortable to do. It's the way we feel like doing. Or it's just simply the way that I don't think God got it right, I'm going to change it up. This is what is so essential about Sabbath rest. It is so necessary because the thing you need to know, the greatest thing you'll ever know, the most important thing, if you take all of your stress and all of your exhaustion, all of your fears and all of your doubts, here's the one thing you need to know. You only have ever had one Lord. You have only ever had one Lord who is fit to lead you. And the threat that we face is it is all too easy for me to follow anything other than the one who leads me well. To follow anything other than the one who wants what's best for me. To follow anything other that would actually crush me with requirements. And so every seven days, God said, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to stop and you need to remember Because the thing that is going to rob you of joy, of peace, of connection in family is when you consistently live like something else gets to be your Lord. Something else gets to set expectation requirement. Because every, every other Lord you could follow will burden you. Every Lord, every other Lord will burden you. Every single time that there is a person in your life that gets this unique position of, of, of influence and control that is outside of what a person should ever have, when we make another person Lord, they will always let you down. They will always heap expectation on you. They will always leave you worse than they found you because we made them Lord and they're not fit to be. Every single time that we find an idol, a thing that we think will fix our lives, we see another person's life, we see another family, we see another job and say, if I had that, it would bring me rest. It would bring me peace. Every time we make that idol, Lord, it'll leave you out in the cold because it's not fit to be. And every time, every single time that we look to presidents and prime ministers and pastors, and kings. And every time I look to myself as the one who is going to be Lord, who is going to save me, who is going to protect me, who is going to guide me, we are heaping burdens on. We are gathering together the very things that are going to crush us because there is no other thing in the world that can lead you like your Lord leads you. No other thing that can lead you right. There is one Lord, one Lord who does not take from you. There is one Lord who wants to give you life. There is one Lord who, instead of groveling servitude, wants to serve you. And there is one Lord who is worth you giving your life over to, and is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is always supposed to be that one Lord, that one position, that one place in your life, because... He will do it so very different. He will lead you so very much better. After Jesus had taken this heresy, this this stuff that was ruining people's lives, and he'd given it a whooping, and he brought it back out in front of everyone, he looked on them with compassion. He saw everyone gathered around him, and he told them of something different. He said, look, if you come to me, all of you who are weary, those of you who are carrying heavy burdens, I am going to give you rest. If you'll take my yoke, if you'll take the leadership that I've got for you, I can teach you because I'm gentle and I'm humble and it is going to bring rest for your souls. That's the very best thing you're going to hear today. That's the very best thing you're going to hear any day is that you only have one Lord who will treat you right. And he freely offers to treat you right. It is so necessary for us to understand that a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is simply this. Jesus gets to be king. Jesus gets to be Lord. Jesus gets to instruct. And when I'm empty, I get to come to him to be filled. And when I'm ignorant and unknowing, I get to come to him and be taught. When I'm tired, I get to come to him and rest. This is the reason for Sabbath. This is the reason for biblical rest. The necessity, the necessity, that's not even a word. The necessity, the ability, the gift we have to come back to Him again and again and again and rest. And so here is your challenge. It's not complicated. Your challenge this week, this month, your life is to see the need for, to plan for, and to take Sabbath rest. To take it. To take it like it's a gift. To take it like you're supposed to, because it's what's good for you, because it will meet your needs. Because God was not kidding when he said he gave you Sabbath days of rest as a special sign of relationship. He gave it to you so you would be reminded that he is the Lord. And nothing else is. Nothing else gets to tell you. Nothing else gets to expect of you. Only he will lead you well. It does not matter this morning if you're here as a a follower of Jesus Christ or you're not. Because every single one of us face the exact same threat to our joy and our peace and our happiness. The very same threat is our ease to forget. Our ease to go and follow any other Lord than he but the answer is same for every single one of us. From being a believer from the first days you can remember to this being the very day that you decide and choose, the answer is the same. Jesus is supposed to be Lord and King because Jesus will love you like no other. And so we take Sabbath. You take Sabbath. You intentionally make a day every week where you remind yourself and your household this is who is the Lord of our lives. Before you leave today, I want to challenge you to get your calendar, to look at your week, to think about what's coming ahead, and to plan the day that you are going to make a day that is of worship, a day of prayer, a day of Bible, a day of whatever it takes to remind you of who Jesus is. You've tried to break it down each week into some simple things for you to think about the practicality of taking a Sabbath day at rest. The first is to make it that one day a week, not one day a month, not one every 14 days, one every seven, because that's how much you and I need to be reminded, and to make it a day where Jesus could not be anything other than the Lord of your day, where he is obviously at the center. And one thing that I'm going to add in this week is I want you on your Sabbath day, and you may have never done this outside of a church building before, I want you to take communion Communion is something we're going to do here as as a family in a minute. Communion is something as another reminder that Jesus left behind. He said, this is how much you need to remember stuff. He gathered all of his people together and he gave them a picture. And he said, I want you to take bread and wine and I want you to picture them and I want you to see them as, as body and as blood. Because those are the things that Jesus gave so we could be forgiven, freed, so we, our souls, could find rest. And so when you take Sabbath, as you are, at your home, with your family, as a couple, I want you, and it's challenging and it can feel awkward and weird because it's different, I want you to take communion. I want you to take communion. Because the reason for it is the reason for Sabbath. It is to remember. It is to remind. The way that we're going to take communion here this morning is uh, the worship team is going to lead us in a song of worship. And as they do that, you're free to come and take communion as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. If you desire to do that, on the corners of the stage, on both sides, we have bread and also a gluten-free bread option with it, and non-alcoholic juice. And any time you desire, for the rest of this morning, rest of this day, you can make your way up here, and you can grab those things. You can head back down by the side rows and head back to your seats. And as you do that, you can take communion whenever you want but I want to challenge this morning to take some time to have a conversation with God about who is Lord, where the threats to his lordship are. If this is the first time you've ever considered making him Lord, we get to come because we get to come and ask forgiveness for making anything else other than Lord, for hurting ourselves, for making it worse. And then we get to simply ask him in to be Lord, to be king. That's the offer of communion. That's the offer of Sabbath that everything about your life was built so that you would see, know, and remember daily that you were built to be loved. That is why we rest. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, I thank you that you smash so many of our, our misguided beliefs. And that you take things that we've maybe just put off into one corner and apportioned as, well, that's just as a religious tradition of Sabbath or that's just something weird Christians do. And that you bring it out in your word for us to understand that it was meant to meet the needs of us. That we need rest, that we need to be reminded of who's in charge so we know we're not. And so we know we don't have to carry it so that we know we don't have to save our families, our spouses, our kids, so that we know that we're not the ones who are responsible for life. And so we can put everything back in your hands. We can shift off every burden so we can come back to you again and again and again. God, help us to see Sabbath for what it is. Help us to see Jesus for who he is. Help us to see us for who you've always meant us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.